Do you love men in drag dancing to music around children? Well, have we got a deal for you. Introducing, now that's what I call a groomer drag show edition. The only compilation album that makes you want to groove while you groom. That's right. Get ready to sashay, chante, and slay with the hottest tracks from your favorite drag shows. With hits like Death Drop Fever and Snatch Game Realness. This album will transport you and any children around straight into the world of glitter, glam, and groom. Don't miss your chance to have all the most fierce and fabulous drag show tunes in one amazing collection. Those kids will be lip-syncing for their lives in no time. Again, now that's what I call a groomer drag show edition. Call and get yours today. Welcome aboard. It's episode 61 of Thinking Logically, where we think logically. We're just two dads talking about politics. I am the podfather, joined by the good doctor and our executive producer, director, and writer, Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi. Joe, what's going on? Hey, man. Just uh, deleting some stuff off my iPad before my wife sees it. I don't know if you heard the cold open yet or not, but... uh... I had to look up a lot of them terms because I don't know that much about drag shows. So, well, you know, we live in Pittsburgh, and there's enough of them here in Pittsburgh. You could probably get a little, a little taste whenever you, uh, whenever your heart desires. But great cold open, by the way. Uh, now that's what I call music or whatever, whatever we're, we're calling it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Joe, what's going on? We had Denver Nuggets finished off the Miami Heat. Last night in five games, first ever championship in Denver for the Nuggets. That was good. What did you think of that series? Um, I, I liked it. On I, I hear a lot of hate because it wasn't the Lakers or it wasn't the Celtics or it wasn't you know one of them combinations. But I, I thought it was a good finals. I mean, it's basketball. Not every series can go seven games. What do they want? The, the five games they played were very competitive for the most part. Um, I just, yeah. I couldn't believe the post, the, the, the post game press conference. I this for you. I think I sent it to you guys earlier. Um, you said after the Lakers win, you said you were surprised that you didn't feel more. So I'm curious what you are feeling right now, and if you're looking forward to a parade coming up in Denver. When is parade? When is parade? Thursday. No. I need to go home. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell if that was sarcasm or if it wasn't, but that's almost like a guy that just, just got done with a long shift and just wants to go home. Doesn't really care. I love Jokic. That dude probably elevated in like the top 10 all-time players with this playoff run. Dude is just an unbelievable talent. I saw a video of him casually trying to shake a bottle of champagne with goggles on, and he just wasn't interested in it. And then he took Jamal Murray and, like, jumped in a pool with him after the game. Yeah. The champagne was hilarious. Yeah. No enthusiasm at all. Big week for our friends in Serbia. We had Novak Djokovic won in the French Open and Nikola Jokic in the Denver Nuggets getting that NBA Larry O'Brien trophy. Um. 
What else we got, Joe? Uh, what else was I going to tell you? Man, I'm sports wise, we have the, we have the Stanley Cup final tonight. Um, Stanley Cup I think final. That's game five. So, yeah. Golden Knights oh. up three to one. Yeah. Good segue into our in, into what I was going to say. Uh, the Canadian Open. We for those of you that uh, are just tuning in, we have some new listeners up in Canada. Glorious and free. Uh, <clears throat> especially in the city of Quebec. So we want to give a shout out to all of our listeners in Quebec. Um, Merci uh, for listening, as they say. Uh, The Canadian Open was unreal on Sunday. We had a four-hole playoff. Canadian golfer Nick Taylor drained a 72-foot putt on the fourth playoff hole to beat Tommy Fleetwood in the Canadian Open. So we got that happened on Sunday. We got the U.S. Open coming up this weekend uh, out in Los Angeles. So it's a good week, good week for sports. So, um, and we are going to start off with sports, actually. And that would be uh, this baseball story from a few weeks ago that we covered uh, in Pride Month. Um, So, Joe, what do you have on this? This, I saw this and I'm like, I saw this a couple days ago when it happened. I'm like, don't tell me they caught him as retribution. So for those uh, listening in Canada, all of our Canadian listeners, Anthony Bass, Toronto Blue Jay, now former Toronto Blue Jay, cut by the Toronto Blue Jays. Joe, was this some sort of retribution from speaking out against Pride Month? I, I can't say for sure because baseball, I, I follow baseball a little bit more closely than, than NBA, but I don't follow baseball closely enough to know how exactly how Anthony Bass, how good he is, but it sounds like it had to have played some some kind of factor. Th- think about if you have a player that's a distraction and isn't a core player. You usually just cut him. Maybe you would keep him around if if he wasn't a distraction or if he didn't get a speeding ticket or a DUI or something, but it's just easier to cut him. So I, I don't know if that's what happened here or, or not, but it seems to, it seems to look like this. I, I, I don't know. He was booed, I guess, by Toronto fans in his two home appearances since the Boo. apology. Booed. So was he booed for apologizing or booed for being anti-LGBTQ? Booed, booed for reposting something that was anti-LGBTQ element of P. Um, I mean, his numbers weren't that bad. I was like, they cut him? I'm like, okay, maybe I could see that. It's not like, you know, Toronto's good. It's not like they're, you know, on fire like, like the Tampa Bay Rays or, or another team, you know, that's blowing out major league baseball it's not like this guy was uh you know a horrible reliever i mean he wasn't great but i don't know not surprising though bass, oh, wow bass 35 is a 12-year veteran who has also played in japan he was 0-0 with a 4.95 era in 22 games played in japan that's not, i mean that sounds like the plot for mr baseball coming up <laughs> Oh, man. Well, it doesn't surprise me because Toronto, I'm sure, who knows what goes on in Toronto. If you are listening in Canada, we have some Canadian listeners, as I mentioned. Uh, reach out to us, thinkinglogicallypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, my daughter is in the background letting you guys know. Please reach out to us and, uh, and let us know what is going on up in Canada. Because we have some more things in Canada we're going to talk about here in a few moments. And that deals with the Canadian wildfires. So we're going to get to that. But first, that aren't we're going to finish out Canada, with Pride Month. 
They're um, affecting New York. But we're not going to get into it. But they're affecting New York, not Canada. That's hilarious. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, no, I was just going to say, you know, with with uh, rounding up Pride Month here, as we as we as we continue on with that, I know I sent you something before we get into the White House. Just sent you this a couple minutes ago. Um, Starbucks union denies or Starbucks denies union allegations of a ban on pride decorations. So apparently Starbucks has banned, this is from the new Republic. Starbucks has banned pride decorations in stores halfway through pride month. The company's workers union claimed Tuesday. If true, it would be a stunning cave to far right anti LGBTQ LMNOP fury, but the, is that any such policy is in place. So um, this is coming from the Starbur- Starbucks Workers United. A barista union that's bur- ultra-white right-wing. Yes. What, what is happening? I'm going to say it again for the listeners in case I cut out. A barista union, from what I understand from what you said, it's a barista union that is right-wing. They no, they are. They are. What they're doing is they're alleging that Starbucks, the store, the corporation, has banned pride decorations in stores. They're coming out and saying this. It's Starbucks spokesperson Andrew Troll said there has been no change to corporate policy regarding displays for Pride or any other Heritage Month. Okay. Uh, we unwaveringly support the LGBTQIA2 community, he said in a statement. There has been no change to any policy on this matter, and we continue to encourage our store leaders to celebrate with their communities, including for U.S. Pride Month in June. He read, he, he read the statement. I mean, did, did someone have a gun pressed against his ribs like he was reading it? <laughs> Dear Lord. If this is true, if Starbucks is doing this, which when I, 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 would, I would be – hard pressed to believe Starbucks would do this, but why would the union come out and say this Starbucks workers United? Why would they come out and and make this allegation this morning at 10 AM? So I hope it's true. I hope it's true. Cause you know what, as we said in last episode, people don't want to see it in their faces. 20 for freaking seven especially for an entire month um i read this i before i i turn this over you to you joe i got this sent to me i'm gonna find it here this was uh from a tweet uh on uh that someone sent to me from five times august on twitter now let me read this um, this is a little bit lengthy, so bear with me. Um, I guess this was somebody kind of tweeted at this person and said, I'll ask the obvious. Why are you so afraid of gay people? Okay. Did you see this? No. <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> Nobody is afraid of gay people. This five times August goes on to write. Have you considered the possibility, though, that the vast majority of America is just exhausted of an obnoxious, self absorbed, entitled, narcissistic, confused, and angry rainbow cult religion being shoved down our family's throats every single day, and that none of you are actually victims, but extremely privileged brats, and that maybe you've been programmed by mainstream media to regurgitate words like hate or afraid 
as a knee-jerk response to anyone who's just not putting up with your insane crap perspective on life? Because maybe we have certain values we're trying to teach our kids without rainbow barf interfering every time we leave the house. Like the idea that they're actually perfect just as God made them the day they were born. And maybe they don't need to cut up their body and irreversibly hurt themselves to be happy, especially before they're old enough to drive. Or that they've, they have more to offer the world than dressing in drag and dancing for cash tips in front of five-year-olds. If you consider it, the world doesn't actually revolve around you and what your pronouns are. I understand this is a hard concept to grasp, grasp because the world, quite literally right now, is revolving around the pride cult in every way possible. From TV and movies, books and children's entertainment, corporate brands and commercials, up to the highest levels of government, down to the public elementary school system. But guess what? It's all a show, buddy. It doesn't represent reality. It's an agenda designed to divide and conquer, confuse kids, sexualize them, and separate families. It's perverse. And if you're going to stand there and tell me all of this is in the name of progress, then my perspective is outdated, as your friends in the movement enjoy doing. You tell me what we're progressing to then. Once drag queen, drag queen story hours and kink parades are truly accepted by society as kid-friendly, inappropriate family entertainment, quotes, where do you progress from there? What are those things going to be looked back on as outdated, and what comes next? I think you know. We all know. And that's why so many are putting their foot down here. It goes no further. The end. That, I mean, I, I couldn't say it better. So, yeah. Um, long, long, but he covered all the bases on that one. Baseball reference for anyone that's paying attention. Covered all the bases on that one. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So, um, Joe, I will let you take it from here on uh, a Pride event we saw at the White House. Biden on trans kids. By the way, uh, Biden called people that were at the White House yesterday for this um, for the Pride celebration the most the bravest people he's ever known. I'll let you take it from here. Oh yes, he did. And then this morning it was a different story, but we'll get into that. I, I actually I was researching this Starbucks union because I'm worried if they fire all the people at Starbucks the union and they bring in scabs, how long is the line, drive through line going to be? But anyway, aside from that, let's go to, to Biden. This was, I think, Mark, last Thursday or Friday. I want to say it was Friday um, at an event at the White House. And he's talking about how transgender children aren't someone else's kids. They're all of our kids. Uh, uh, just listen to the audio. It's wrong that the violence and hate crimes targeting LGBTQ people is rising. It's wrong that extreme officials are pushing hateful bills targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. It's cruel. It's callous. Not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. They're the kids are, and our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. Listen, uh, I... I... I've heard of the term it takes a village to raise a child, but they're not they're not everyone's kids. They're your kids. Mark, do, can I tell you anything that you should do with your daughter? No. No. I can make suggestions, sure, but you don't have to listen to me. If I was the state, the federal government, should you have to listen to me? No. No. We're, this is a very slippery slope we're going down. Um, 
do you want to comment on anything about that before I just play this absurd thing that he said after about the gay people, gay community? <laughs> now, I don't know what he means by that. They're all of our kids. I mean, yes. Okay. You can go back to saying it takes a village uh, to raise a child. But at the end of the day, I'm not raising your kid and you're not raising my kid. And I'm not disciplining the kid across the street and, or anything like that. Okay. Raise your own damn kids. That must be a big fear of theirs, having like people like me and you or like moms in Facebook groups just taking advice from each other and not these talking heads on TV or these so-called, and I'm using the biggest air quotes possible, experts. Yeah. Um, and, that, and by the way, speaking, yeah, and by the way, speaking of that, I think, did I mention this before on here? And this probably did at one point. Get married and have kids. That's what we need everyone to do. We need people to get married and have kids. We need to have a renaissance of the family and of family life in this country quickly. Because when the family collapses, society collapses. Go ahead, Joe. Take it away. Okay, this is Joe Biden talking about how it's wrong that a person can be married in the morning in the United States and then fired in, and then fired in the afternoon. It's wrong for that a person can be married in the morning in the United States and uh, fired in the afternoon by their employer because they are, uh, they're gay. Um, it's wrong that the violence and hate crimes targeting LGBTQ people. Uh, I'm reclaiming my time here. You heard it, right? It didn't cut out. Everything was crystal clear. He's, he's accusing companies in America of being able to now, in 2023, fire people because they're gay. Uh, I'd Am love I to know something? where. Uh, uh, well, he's a pathological liar. So I go. I oscillate between is he confused or is he just lying? I don't know. This might be a mix of both. I was so, trying to think of an example where, like, uh, like we you just saw a guy. A, a guy. It, it's a job. It counts as a job because he gets a paycheck from the Toronto Blue Jays. Was that go? Possibly because not performance issues. It wasn't an issue of performance. It could have been, maybe you could argue that. But because he made comments about the opposite. You can make just an argument that comments, just reposting stuff. Yeah. That never said anything of his own words. You can make an argument that people in the gay community are have the most rights out of any specific group. We still haven't gotten that manifesto from that transgender shooting, huh? Nope. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, all right, let's let's move on to, I think this was yesterday. Yes, June 13th. Uh, or, no, this is June 12th, yesterday. So the White House had a... What, what was the actual name of the event, Mark? Do you remember? It was for transgender LGBTQ plus people at the, an event at the White House for that, where he did call them the bravest people he's known or something. Yeah, it was, like, it was like their Pride Day celebration, Pride Month celebration. They invited transgender and, you know, people in that, in the uh, LGBTQIA2S world to the White House. Would you believe that after what Biden said, the next day, he banned a disrespectful trans influencer named Rose Montoya? Do you want to know why he banned her from the White House, Mark? Because she... 
um, we'll call her she, um, took her shirt off and started flaunting topless around the White House lawn while her hands were covering her breasts. I don't know if there were any children around, but I feel like that is a, literally a crime on the White House lawn, if there are. I mean, I, I feel like if, if I'm in, if, okay, the Denver Nuggets, they, they won the NBA championship. They get invited to the White House. And one of the players pulls out his, his dong and pisses on the, 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 rose, the bushes. What happens to him? This is celebrated, though. Taking your tits out, which aren't even your tits because they're sewn onto your body because you're actually a man, and shaking them around on the White House lawn, possibly in front of children. And, and honestly, I think the White House might have backed themselves into a corner with this because how could you ban someone like this Whenever you're off for like basically pornography and books in schools, yep. I I don't understand their logic is just not adding up. So it gets better. So she releases, he releases, whatever you want to call him, her, a video on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, and I'll play that for you. I let's let's just let's just hear what she has to say. What's her reasoning? What could it possibly be? Let's give her a chance to speak her mind. I had zero intention of trying to be vulgar or be profane in any way. I was simply living in joy, living my truth and existing in my body. Happy pride, free the nipple. I mean, she's got a point, Mark. This is what the left has said for a year, two years. You got to live your truth. Free the nipple. Oh, they haven't been saying free the nipple. They've been saying live your truth, free your truth. Um, Joe Biden, there's a, a typical liberal put this on Instagram. It's a tweet from Joe Biden from September 6, 2020. We need to restore honor and decency to the White House with a picture of Rose Montoya covering her breasts with her hands on the White House lawn. <laughs> as, as the pride flag flies between two United States flags, which, Joe, are you getting to this? Which is in complete violation of uh, U.S. flag code. Here's where, and I'm not in the military, so I don't know. There is a flag, obviously, on the top of the, I don't know if it's a rotunda, what it is. Does that trump the other flags? I don't know. But regardless, it should never be flanked by any flag. I don't care. It's, especially in a time right now, we're supposed to be basically in a proxy war with Russia. And, and maybe a world war coming up that's going to involve Russia and China. And who knows who else? It's, uh, the, the flag thing didn't. Yeah, bother me, but it's like expected. It's like you're not doing. Like, oh yeah, that, that's like the least of my worries. Man, imagine being uh, a veteran. Imagine being a veteran and going over, yeah, fighting for your country and coming back. Obviously, you have something. Something. I mean, you, you may not be physically have any physical issues, but you got some mental. And then you see that they they're giving this a whole month. They're giving this all this attention to the White House, and then. What, what, what do you get? Nothing. All your money sent to you. Pays <laughs> are a dump. More and more money and weapons are getting sent to Ukraine while, I mean, we're just watching, watching a lot of this stuff just go on right in front of our face. It's unbelievable. 
let's here. see let's see how the let's see how our side's treated real quick and then we'll move on to New York, New York City. This is Charlie Kirk on Twitter. A Christian man was arrested for protesting a pride event on a public street. This is Pennsylvania, Mark. This is Reading PA. Reading PA, whatever however you pronounce it. Is it Reading or Reading? Reading, I think. Reading. Um Damon Atkins was reciting a Bible verse when he was arrested as the man filming says, I cannot believe I'm watching this. And I could play the video. It doesn't do it justice. A cop comes up and says, just let them have their day. And he says, they already get a whole month. I'm not going to read this Bible verse. And the cop says, arrest him. And they cuff him up and they, they, they arrested him for a full day. I think they threw him in the slammer. And long behold, I think it took a day or two. But charges were dropped against him after um, after – I guess this went viral on Twitter and an official reportedly is now saying that legal action may come against police. And it should, because I believe his constitutional rights were violated. First amendment rights, whatever you want to call it. So, so we're going to wrap up pride month with one tweet from George Santos. This is at Santos for Congress. I usually don't swear, but the drag nuns can F all the way off in all caps. The mockery they cast on the Catholic faith is a damn offensive is is damn offensive and wrong. So, big ups to George Santos. You mean Anthony DeVolder? Yes, I mean Katana, whatever. Katana. Uh, Yeah, I mean, first of all, how does that guy get arrested at a Pride event? I guess that I mean you can be put in cuffs for anything. All, all I have to do is say I'm conducting an investigation. They put. It's important to know your rights. It's important to know your your rights because what are you going to do? You can resist, and then you're resisting arrest. He, he did the right thing. He remained calm. Um, I think he gave his phone to someone, told him to contact such and such. It's all on video, and that's the most important thing. And I'm not, you know, I'm not anti-police, but this is a gross overstep of, of, of your, your power. You can't just arrest this, this, this man for quoting a Bible. He's not bothering anyone. anyone. Yeah. Um, man, that's weird. So, um, what was I going to tell you, Joe? This, this, this past weekend, speaking of Pride Month, as we, as we begin to wrap up here, uh, and this just made me think, talking about the drag nuns made me think of think of this but we know that the dodgers were not backing down from this sisters of perpetual indulgence charade that they were doing right um they were they doubled down they apologized you know and then we saw over the weekend it was the in the catholic church it was the feast of corpus christi uh aka the body of christ we saw a large Eucharistic procession going through the streets of New York City, Lower Manhattan. They said upwards of 4,000 people were processing through Lower Manhattan behind the body of Christ in a monstrance. Um, for those listening that aren't Catholic, a consecrated host um, that is the body, of, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And then we saw in Pittsburgh over the weekend uh, at my church, uh, down on the West End, the Society of St. Pius X, a procession with Pittsburgh police escorts going through the West End of Pittsburgh. And then we saw another procession going through Oakland uh, from St. Paul Cathedral, the bishops, uh, the mother church of the Diocese of Pittsburgh, with more people going through the streets of Pittsburgh. And then we saw in Beaver County, Joe, a procession 
through Aliquippa from St. Titus Church on the Feast of Corpus Christi. So I think we're seeing a, a rebound here, Joe. We mentioned it last episode. I think we're starting to, to push back on this a lot. And we're starting to get some wins here, I think. We talked about it before where these corporations starting to back down a little bit. And now we're seeing almost the renaissance in, in Catholicism and things like this, where it's these conservative traditional Catholics who are pushing back the hardest. And you're seeing this outward display of faith with these people, me included, trying to reclaim June as dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and not Pride Month. So we're seeing it and it's happening and we're starting to get, we're starting to win is what we're doing. We're, we're starting to win. So I, I hope you're right. And it's not just them. Cause you see what the white house just did by coming out and making that statement. They don't have to make that statement about the, the man, woman with tits show flashing her tits. In the ground. I hope that they're not just saying, Hey, we did some internal polling and this, this is not good. Drop this immediately. Let's get to July, please. That's, that's yeah. what I worry about, but we are, we are winning. There's, no question. Let's not just get overly excited. We still got a lot of work to do. So, yeah. Well, um, let's just keep keep the momentum going and keep the ball rolling here. So, uh, our next topic we're going to get into. This was something that was asinine uh, to actually witness, uh, not in person, but uh, through social media. That was New York City uh, turning like literally orange. From wildfire smoke coming from Canada that eventually drifted over into Europe? Is this, has this ever happened before? It's like something like 77 wildfires that all happened to start at the same time? Joe, come here. So to mention the fact they started all at the same time, we also saw a similar event in 2020 with the California wildfires on a much smaller scale, I believe. But this is from the Washington Post. Let's see what the mainstream media, how they cover this. Nature is sending us an unambiguous message. We had better get serious about mitigating the consequences of human-induced climate change and make switching from fossil fuels to clean energy sources our top priority, writes Gene Robinson in opinions. Now, what part of global warming? It's a fire. It's a freaking forest fires. Forest fires have been around since the entire history of lightning and trees. How do, how do forest fires cause global warming? And, and number two, and I, I want to hammer home on this. All the fires, like you said, seem to have started at the exact same time. This is from the Gateway Pundit, and it's satellite imagery from College of DuPage Meteorology Department. It shows over a dozen fires in Quebec start up at almost the exact same time. Uh, I could go into the article and, and, and read it, but someone also made a comment about when ammonium nitrate burns, it releases a toxic and irritating reddish-orange gas. I guess that has, that's reference from that 60,000 pounds that went missing in California. But something ain't adding up. When you watch this, the slow-motion video from the satellites, it's... It, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, no, I'm not an expert on fires. Explain how these all start up at the exact same time. I mean, I, I've seen the, I've seen the images, you know, they just kind of explode all at the same time. Um, 
if you want to go down conspiracy land, I mean, we could talk about the ammonium. What is it? Ammonium nitrate? Yes. That, that disappeared. If you want to go conspiracy theory on this, um, I'm not ready to do that, but, you know, I wouldn't rule it out either. Now, our, our Canadian listeners, listeners would know more than I would, but my research told me that fires in this region are actually normal, but not for like another month or two, from what I understand. Um, this is hilarious here. Did you see? This is from, I think, Zero Hedge. Zero Hedge. Now, because of these, oh, I can't believe we're going to talk about masks here in episode 61, but <laughs> New York City Fire Department to give out free N95 masks due to air quality. Pfizer already working on a smoke inhalation mRNA-based booster shot. That's from Zero Hedge on Twitter. Mark, why are they giving out N95s? Did, you, did anyone ask, hey, why are they giving out N95s instead of cloth masks? I did. And you know what I found? And this is also from Jennifer Say on Twitter. Um, hey, the mask you were and sometimes still are required to wear for COVID prevention will not work to prevent against inhalation of smoke particles, says the New York Times. And it's an article from the New York Times citing the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, noting that dust masks, surgical masks, and bandanas are not sufficient to protect children from smoke. Okay. Now, Mark. I know. I, I know what you're going to say. Do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? You can say it if you want to. Are you going to say that how is it, how is it going to protect you from COVID when it won't protect you from smoke? Yes, because according to Phil Kirpin on Twitter and lots of other people and just microscopes, I'm guessing, viral aerosols are about five times smaller than smoke particles. <laughs> You know what? If there's any time you, you should be wearing a mask, it was last weekend when this happened in New York City. But there, the best that was actually is, a valid reason to wear a mask. But you have to have the right one on or it won't work. So yeah. this whole time, this whole time, like from 2020 on, it's all just been a freaking lie. They, they have the information right there. Hey, we know for a fact, we're the CDC. We know for a fact that only an N95 will protect you against will protect you against smoke and it, it really won't even do that then explain to me how something five times smaller can't get through <laughs> why the hell do we wear these in 2020 doesn't make sense uh, all right well canada you're, you're having some natural maybe we'll maybe we'll give canada all kind of money to fight the fires like we give ukraine that'll be next so yeah have they even fought into the fires yet are they putting the fires out canada let us know i, I have no idea and, you know, you know, um, they're going to blame climate change for these. Yes. It's just very scripted. And it's just the playbook is just very predictable. Again, trees and lightning have been around since the dawn of man. Yep. If they, <laughs> come on. Use your head. Think logically. All right. Um, let's move on to the bad orange man. Um, from an orange, I like your, I like your segue here from an orange NYC skyline to the orange man himself. Uh, we saw Donald Trump, uh, you brought it to my attention here. Uh, CNN is calling this their, their title on their Chiron, the arrest and arraignment of Donald Trump. That is the title of their, um, their, their programming today. Amazing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just, just take it. 
so I don't even know. I didn't even know where to begin here, as you can tell. So I just wrote a lot of stuff down about this indictment, everything that goes along with it, because you'll hear truth here on this podcast. We're, we're not going to, we're not going to lie to you, at least not intentionally. So I did my research on this. I read the actual indictment and I spent a lot of time looking into this and this case is just as bad. I can't say it's worse because the New York city case was terrible. It's just as bad as the New York city case. There is nothing here. So he supposedly has these classified documents that he took from the white house. Now, granted, Mark and our listeners, whenever he took them from the white house, it was in full view of everyone. They were in boxes, loaded them up on, on the Trump, Force One plane and flew down to Mar-a-Lago on January 20th, from what I understand from most of these documents. Now, these documents are supposedly classified, but he's a former president, and he supposedly said he declassified. So, a paper can have classified at the bottom and still be declassified if it was the original paper. Now, let's just move on to the Gateway Pundit, I believe, again. This is um, from June 7th. This is a while back. Signed letter by President Trump reveals he, dis- he declassified docs on Obama regime spying on him the day before he left office. Um, so that explains maybe why they, related, why they raided Mar-a-Lago. Was it to get these documents back for some reason? I have no idea, but let's move on. What else? So you have Joe Biden, who's been accused of directing the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland to go after Donald Trump like this. Well, it gets better. Biden's DOJ, this is again from the Gateway Pundit, good, good website to follow during this. They're, they're on top of it. Biden's DOJ tried to bribe attorney for Trump's valet in exchange for testimony against Trump. Clearly illegal act that threatens Jack Smith's case against Trump. When can you bribe, try to bribe someone? And I think they used a, I don't know if it was, if this is the same one, if they use a, 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 a position as like an appointed judge, if you ever want to be a judge, do this. I, I, I I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. Uh, let's move on to a few other points here, Mark. This is from Michael Tracy on Twitter. So after all these those years of frenzied warnings about how Trump was going to obliterate norms and prosecute political adversaries, it turns out the Biden administration is the one prosecuting Trump. And I'm actually, we're going to hammer out Michael Tracy here for a minute. It's another one by him. Another tweet. Everyone who was sentient from 2017 to 2021 knows that if, Trump, the Trump DOJ had indicted Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, who I mind you had classified documents on her server, who James Comey said there'd be no reasonable prosecutor would, would bring charges, or Joe Biden, who, again, another one that had classified documents in his garage, any reason at all, doesn't matter the details, it would have been wall-to-wall blaring that the country had disintegrated into apocalyptic fascism. Mark, I brought up the Hillary Clinton, James Comey thing. Joe Biden was another one that had documents in his garage. I think we're going to get to this later. But do you see the hypocrisy when, when the entire chant for the last two months was no one is above the law? It seems to me like either someone is above the law or I'm taking crazy pills. Well, yeah. I mean, you've been hearing this expression be thrown around a two-tiered justice system. How isn't it? Someone tell me that. Uh, this is from, um, I was watching um, Fox News last night, one of the few moments I've watched the Fox News. I'm trying to find uh, Stephen Miller, former advisor to President Trump, was on. And um, I wanted to try to find this clip here. 
Um, I have a couple seconds of it, uh, so I want to play this. Okay, here we go. Well, we're going to find out. Uh, then we have this uh, this new revelations about possible 17 tapes of Joe Hunter Biden and this Burisma uh, contact. Good Lord. We're obviously following up on that. Uh, Stephen Miller, always, always great. Thanks so much. So, well, that wasn't it. But he was talking about how uh, the Espionage Act, they were trying, they were actually charging him with what? Under the Espionage Act. Am I right or yeah. wrong? No, you are correct. And let me make the point for our listeners too. You can't really charge for the Espionage Act because that's not for like someone that had the classification of president of the United States. That would be like for someone way, way, way lower. And you'd have to be selling secrets to somebody. It doesn't make any sense. Them charging under the Espionage Act isn't going to work. Mark my words. Well, um, Stephen Miller dropped some knowledge on people last night on Fox News saying the, the Espionage Act was passed in 1917 as a, a, a bill or an act that would, for people that opposed World War I, okay? And, you know, it's basically, in so many words, Stephen Miller said it's just bullshit that they're trying him on this. So... Uh, you know, again, going back to the classification thing, how do they know he didn't declassify things when he left office? You know, it's like we, this country was set up in, in the presidency. You can't be subverted to another, to a, to a future president, you know, at this point. So it's like, he was basically saying like, this is not, there's no case here. There's no case here. So... All right, let's move on to, um, this is Joe Biden, um, and when asked if he's ever suggested the DOJ should or should not bring charges or not bring charges. I have never once, not one single time, suggested to the Justice Department what they should do or not do, or else bring in charge or not bring in charge. He's lying, Mark, and I'll give you two examples. One is from Kim.com on Twitter. Kim says he's lying. He made his personal lawyer, Neil McBride, a DOJ prosecutor. He was a copyright lobbyist. To and he did this to charge me with a novel conspiracy copyright crime in a civil copyright case for Biden's Hollywood donors and his best friend in life, that's in quotes, MPAA chairman Chris Dodd. He's dishonest. And that's just one example. And this is my research, Mike, or Mark. Um, he did it in 2016 or 17 with Michael Flynn. Do you remember whenever then VP Biden suggested using the Logan Act? This is in the. This is this is documented. It's a. Um, it's a document, and the FBI, I, I believe, has it. Um, Joe Biden suggested using using the Logan Act to go after Michael Flynn. Now. Right here, it's there's Mark. You can click on it. You could document it, it's his handwritten notes, and Obama was in the room. And I don't know who P would be. I guess that's President. That's Brock. Yeah. And they're talking about how to get at Trump. This is keep in mind. This is after he won the 2016 election. They're sitting in the Oval Office, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, and I can't remember who else is in the room. And they're talking about how to get this incoming administration. And Joe Biden brings up the Logan Act. So is he suggesting to the J? What did the DOJ go after Michael Flynn for, Mark? The Logan Act from the 1700s. <laughs> and and 
this will be this will be a good thing. We got we got to we got to remember this one. So you brought up about he was uh, Stephen Miller dropping some truth bombs on Fox News. Did you know that actually there was an individual that ran for president from prison? Did you know that? I'm sorry. There was an individual in this country that ran for president while in prison. Who was that? Eugene V. Um, oh, what was the name of the guy? I can't remember the guy's name, but he was arrested and jailed for doing the simple crime of protesting World War One. Wow. So in hindsight, like I said, he looked like a bad guy then, but in hindsight, might have been right. Might have been. In... All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, what else is in these documents? So this is from Cernovich on Twitter. Um, some of these documents have to do with General Milley and his call to China. So General, this is from Cernovich. General Milley falsely claimed that Trump wanted to attack China. Trump cleared his name by proving it was Milley who wanted war. This is the real reason they want to take out Trump and will stop at nothing to do so. And I guess this is part of the classified documents is going to be this exchange between Milley and, and China or something like that. Uh, also, also, it looks like there was nuclear documents cited in this case. Um, do you remember that, Mark? It was about, I think that was what CNN covered. We did a whole episode on this yeah. in August. Um, well, what I was able to find, these nuclear documents cited in this case are a letter from Obama to Trump telling him North Korea, North Korea's nuke status is a grave national security threat. And then there's another letter from Kim Jong-un saying he has no intent to use nukes offensively. Just saying. Why does he have these? Why is he, why is, why would those be in the classified documents and why do they contradict each other? All right. Um, where are we going? I don't believe, I don't believe Kim Jong-un's ever going to use nukes. I don't believe that that's a serious, a serious threat. You know, I think he knows he would be taken off the board. If he used a nuclear weapon. Now it's just basically just a, just a threat to keep people at bay. But again, that's, that could be China's proxy. Just how Ukraine is our proxy. Yeah. Don't you got a war game out every scenario and it's scary, but don't, don't think, don't think that like North Korea firing off, like they'll be eliminated very quick, but what'll happen after that is what scares me. Yeah. Um, now let's see. This is from, Section 1.7 of, I forget what executive order, executive order 13526. Um, what if he, now this is the question I'm asking. This is for myself on Twitter. What if these classified materials fall under section 1.7 of executive order 13526? Now, the section 1.7 basically has to do with the declassification of the classification. And it says that Basically, nothing can remain classified because it embarrasses an agency or a person or a state. Um, reclassification action is um, required. I mean, I'm getting into the degree. But do you see what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make? If it's just because it embarrasses Joe Biden, former President uh, Barack Obama, or the FBI, or it can't remain classified. Right. I, I, I want to listen to just remember executive order. Five two six, because I think that's going to play a role in this case. Um, also, we have to go back, Mark, to the Bill Clinton case, back when Barack Obama was president. An Obama era, Obama appointed judge, found uh, Bill Clinton. He did nothing wrong. He, what he did was he kept 
video recordings with classified information, I guess, in his sock drawer. Um, let me summarize it real quick. Uh, under the statutory scheme established by the PRA, the decision to segregate person, I'm not going to read all this. Let me just get to the important part. Um, Jackson, who was the judge, concluded that the decision to challenge a president's decision lies solely with the National Archives and can be reviewed by a court. If the archives wants to challenge a decision, that agency and the attorney general can initiate an enforcement mechanism under the law. But it is a civil procedure and has no criminal penalty, she noted. So why are we federally charging a former president with having these documents if the last time it was brought up, Bill Clinton, it was noted that not only did they not charge him, but it was found that you couldn't really charge anyone. And if you could, it would have to be the archives and the attorney general, and it would just be a civil procedure and no criminal penalty. That's why they're going after him on the Espionage Act. If you understand, Mark, that's why they have to use the Espionage Act. But at the same time, they can't use the Espionage Act because it doesn't apply because he was president and he had the highest level of declassification. I just... Right. It's, it's complicated and it's like, it sounds like I'm talking in a circle, but I promise you, I'm not. So, I don't know. Did you watch any live coverage today? I mean, I, uh, I have one or not. A little bit. You know, I, I had on CNN for you because I know you like uh, I know you like watching uh, CNN. So, let me let me pull this up here. But let me pull this up here, this thread from Glenn Greenwald, okay? Um, as I turn Sesame Street on for, for my uh, six-month-old. So this is from Glenn Greenwald. Of all the classified leaks from top-level officials, never punished with prison to low-level employees who are, by far, the worst leaker was Obama CIA director David Petraeus. The docs he gave to his mistress included names of covert agents. He never spent a day in prison. One lesson I learned from the Snowden reporting is everything in D.C. is marked top secret. 80% of those docs were banal jokes, how to obtain parking stickers. The docs Petraeus leaked were the crown jewels. Comey and Holder gave him a misdemeanor. So just keep that in mind, too, as we go through, go through this as well. Um, we also have uh, the powerless leakers with noble motives, Snowden, Manning, etc., Faced years in prison. Manning leaked no top secret docs. Powerful DC leakers with the worst motives, political sabotage, gossip, self-importance, never go to prison. Leak cases are always about DC status. And then there's a headline here from the Atlantic. Secret report. Panetta gave bin Laden raid details to zero dark 30 makers. Hmm. So, so you have that. And then Glenn Greenwald rounds us out with those cheering Trump's indictment should just be honest that they are happy because they hate Trump and want to see him blocked from running. Pretending there's some principle about the sanctity of classified docs is laughable and dumb. They play with classified docs daily. You talk about leaking. This is, a, this is from Jeff Clark on Twitter. And he's talking about leaking when it comes to this Department of Justice and Jack Smith's office leaking to the press. Now, I don't, I don't think you should be charged criminally. Maybe you should. I don't know. Maybe there is a penalty for leaking to the press. I'm sure there is, but the case should be thrown out. Anyway, I'm going to read you this from Jeff Clark. I'm beginning to read the indictment against Trump, but even three pages in, it's clear that the leaks that preceded the indictment are far too close to what is actually being pleaded 
by the Department of Justice to be a coincidence. For example, in paragraph 6A on page 3, we hear about the recording of a bed mister call, which the MSNBCs of the world have been beating a dead horse about for quite a while based on such leaks. This means that Trump lawyers could not possibly be the source of the leaks. Ergo, the leaks are coming from the Department of Justice. They must be investigated and punished. Also, this is grounds for granting a motion highlighting jury pool poisoning and dismissing the indictment before it reaches even one month, its one-month birthday. All this is so outrageous, it shocks the conscience. It's fundamentally anti-American. Which Trump witch hunt number what? I've lost count. Let's call it Trump witch hunt number 99. Now, he makes a great point. I didn't even think about that aspect, that they were leaking to the mainstream media their narrative. The Department of Justice was leaking to the mainstream media the narrative they wanted them to repeat, and they repeated it out for weeks or months before charges were even brought. So they incepted all these ideas of what happened into the people that watch CNN and MSNBC and all the talking is, they incepted those ideas into your brain. Does that make sense, Mark? Oh, yeah. A lot of sense. Lots of sense. Um, All right, what else, Joe? Okay, so there was a, I don't know if it was a pipe bomb. I just think it was ended up being a suitcase. There was a bomb threat, obviously, because... This is going to be, like we said, another January 6th. Be careful. Um, there was a bomb threat called in at the courthouse in the morning. And then we had this. I'm actually not going to play the whole video. It's like five minutes long. I don't know when he says it. But... Patrick Decker. Okay. Okay. Anyway, this is a guy from the so-called Florida militia saying that 350,000 of its members are ready and willing to save Donald Trump if need be. Mark, I said this numerous times on the podcast going back to like the 2022 election. Don't give the feds an opportunity for another January 6th. You don't need to go there in in, in protest. You don't need to say we have 300,000 people. You're giving the left wing all the ammunition they need. And it makes me question which side of the aisle you're on, where you stand, because this isn't MAGA here. We don't don't need that. Right. Um, do you want to play that? No, do you want to play that video from Vivek Ramaswamy this morning that we talked about? Uh, yeah, let me bring it up real quick. And he makes another good point because where is every single Republican candidate that's declared? Where are they speaking out uh, uh, against us? I, I, I'd love to know. Can't find them. See if I have nowhere to be video. found. That brings me to my second announcement that I'm going to make today. This is an announcement of a letter that my campaign has sent to every other campaign in this race, to Mike Pence, to Nikki Haley, to Larry Elder, to RFK Jr., to Marianne Williamson, to Doug Bugram, Bergam, to Perry Johnson, to Chris Christie, to Ron DeSantis, the governor of the state where we are today, who by any measure is not here today in his own state, I will tell you that we have sent this letter, and I'm happy to announce, this is my commitment on January 20th, 2025, if I'm elected the next U.S. president, to pardon Donald J. Trump for these offenses in this federal case. And I have challenged, I have demanded that every other candidate in this race either sign this commitment to pardon 
on January 20th, 2025, or else to explain why they are not. And I will tell you something. It's going to be difficult for those other candidates to sign this letter. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I told you, I love what he says there. He makes a great point. I sign, like Vivek. Yeah. I like Vivek. I mean, you know, I, I, he's only polling at like 4%. Probably should be polling a little bit higher just based on his qualifications and and what he's about. But I like this dude. Um, I think I told you yesterday, I think he'd be a great cabinet secretary. Uh, in the Trump administration, or well, who knows, this candidate, whoever, um, you said press secretary, but he's talented, man. I mean, I, I think he, he's he could be something a lot more impactful uh, than that. Um, comparing him to Kareem Jean-Pierre is kind of laughable, but um, yeah, I like him. I mean, I, I, I agree with what he said. Uh, I, I think, you know, we, we kind of thought he may have been actually been thrown in the towel this morning in, in endorsing Trump, but he didn't do that. Um, so every person, he's, he's right. Every, why isn't every candidate should be coming out and denouncing this disgusting use of abusive power. All right. Um, let's get into, uh, let's get into Jack Smith's family prosecutor. So special counsel, Jack Smith's late mother-in-law, Bell Shevingy was a George Soros senior justice fellow at the open society foundation, according to records. And his Biden donor wife makes films backed by Soros. Federal tax dot record show. It's amazing. From Paul Sperry on Twitter. I got that information from. So right there, I see a conflict of interest. No wonder why he was selected to run the special counsel. And we're going to move on from the Trump and on to, I think, Biden here and Burisma. But I just want our listeners to remember, if you've been listening to this podcast for a few months, we told you Trump was getting indicted. We told you Trump was getting indicted again. Well, months, weeks before it happened. Remember, we probably still have two more indictments to get through. The one in Georgia for, I think it's election, 2020 election. And then there's the big kahuna for January 6th and inciting whatever. That'll be in D.C. And that's the only one they're going to have a chance. And it's only because, like we've learned, you can't get a fair trial in D.C. Florida, he's good. Honestly, even, even if there was something there. Florida got a lot of Cubans. They're going to see what's happening with this shit show. This is stuff that Fidel Castro and his regime would do to political opponents. You think if you get one Cuban on this jury, they're going to, they're going to let this fly? No. So my prediction. Well, let's keep in mind. Well, yeah, let's keep in mind the judge is supposedly overseeing this case is a judge he appointed. From what I okay. understand. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think, like you said, D.C., um, who knows what will happen with that. Uh, he's not going to find anyone friendly to him there in D.C., but um, <laughs> this is big, though. I mean, this is a federal, a federal case. I mean, he may, his movements may be limited, you know, depending on what the, uh, the preliminary hearing judge determines. You know, his well, movements he- could be limited. Will he be able to campaign? It's 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 all right. it's scripted like this. They planned it like this. They could have done this months, years ago, but no. Exactly. Exactly. Well, okay. Um, we we got a power video here. I know you. This this might be your favorite video of the day. 
Kevin McCarthy, yeah. Kevin McCarthy brought the absolute fire to this reporter from CNN inside the Capitol yesterday. Joe, uh, go ahead and play. Okay, here we go. Kevin McCarthy in his entirety. This even further because when somebody weaponizes government and they actually get removed from government, let's take Andrew McCabe, okay? Former de- deputy. No, no, well, let me, no, no, let me answer this the question. a different set of circumstances, right? I mean, the former president is accused of misleading law enforcement, of a conspiracy of obstructing justice. That's a different set of facts. Are you prepared to defend him as the former president? And what other actions will the House take in the House Judiciary Committee in terms of funding? Are you prepared to defend your, your network, CNN? I'm, that had, I'm, a, I'm answering your question. You can ask me any question you want, but I'm entitled to answer the question, okay? You can't put words in my mouth. Even though your network can hire Andrew McCabe, who was fired from the FBI for leaking classified documents. Did you remove him from your network? No, you continue to put him on to give judgment against President Mr. Trump. Speaker. You also hire Clapper. Clapper has come out publicly. Speaker, and what, steps I the House going, what steps is the House going to take in terms of, is there any effort to defund the FBI, any effort to defund the Department of Justice after what you've seen over the last several days? So your network hires Clapper, who literally lied to the American public, one of 51 other individuals that had briefings and used it politically to tell the American public that a laptop was Russia collusion, even though it had all this information about the Biden administration. Are you prepared to get rid of those people from your network? Because my concern as a policymaker is that when you weaponize government, and now you're weaponizing networks, that is wrong. So we will take all of our power to make sure that the legal system in America gets the blinders back on and people are treated fairly. I have a real problem that your network actually pays people who did classified information and then lied to the American public to try to influence a presidential election, and then you put them on your network to give an opinion about a president. president, And I'm answering your your question very clearly because what your network has done weaponized at the same time. I think equal justice is important. Great clip. Great clip. Great clip. All right. um, Let's go on to more of the Biden crime family. Hunter Biden and Burisma Holdings in Ukraine. This stuff goes back so far. And this is going to be hard for a lot of the normies and listeners and, and stuff that haven't been paying attention to this stuff closely since 2018. Uh, I I listened to it in 2018, and it's still confusing to me. So, let's see here. What do we have? Oh, it's very this- confusing. I mean, it, it's it, it's almost like they intentionally made it a web. But you know, I think I think that the overall point of this is Joe. Um, the 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 oh, I don't know, we'll call him oligarch. I, I don't know. Um, I forget who it was exactly. I don't even know if they've identified who it was. Recorded phone calls with Joe Biden, outlining the payments made to him and Hunter. 
Because what do you do if you're blackmailing somebody? You keep the receipts, Joe. And this Ukrainian businessman, I don't know who, I, I forget the name of, of the person if we even know it, kept the receipts, recorded the conversations he had with Biden where he's basically admitting of this whole payoff scheme. Chuck Grassley announced that yesterday. I'm not sure if we're going to get to that or not, but there, the FBI is in possession of these recordings. So will they leak or not? We'll see. Um, about Grassley, I could play the video. It's nine minutes long. I could just sum up the, the two-minute version. Um, he alleges 17 different recordings. Um, Four nationalized 17 different recordings um, of conversations he had with Joe and Hunter Biden that he kept as an insurance policy. And also the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden. Um, what is it? Oh, I'm sorry. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. And according to the 1023, another 1023, the foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between then VP Joe Biden and himself. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national. This is coming from Chuck Grassley, and he made a floor speech about this. So, so, you, you see why? This is why they indicted Trump on the same week, because this they knew this was coming out. They could have indicted him last week. They could have indicted him next week. They did it now because, I told you, Joe Biden's going down. He's not, he can't be protected anymore. He's a threat to Obama now. He's a threat to Hillary. He's a threat to everyone else. Let's play a video from December of 2019, Watch, this is from Mays Moore on Twitter. Watch how angry Biden gets when asked about Burisma and Hunter. Hunter Biden, your son, was getting paid a lot of money to serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges. You were the vice president running point on Ukraine. The average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's nobody... Well, you've had a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust his son. But that doesn't pass the smell test. Like, when you're vice president, isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know what's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down... Unless there was something that was... There was something on his face that was wrong. There's nothing on his face that was wrong. So, look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family. I mean, come on. This is... So, <laughs> these so, guys are amazing. So, you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to suggest anything done was wrong. Oh, man. Oh, man, that aged terribly. What a corrupt, corrupt sack of oatmeal in the White House we have. How about this? From Benny Johnson on Twitter. Joe Biden was keeping classified documents in the trunk of his Corvette in a garage that Hunter Biden had access to and the Chinese government had keys to. Hunter's laptop shows he was meeting with the CCP affiliate business partners in the home with the classified documents. Amazing. Go, right to jail he should go. I still don't understand, Joe, the difference between... Trump having these documents that he possibly or maybe or probably declassified at some point, or maybe that he's entitled to as president, 
because he can take those documents with him if he feels the need to after he is after he leaves office. And the documents that Joe Biden was in possession of in his garage, in the Biden, um, whatever, the research center, whatever it was called, a Biden library or um, something in Philadelphia. What am I missing here? Seriously, please explain it to me. I, I don't I don't understand. What why they're charging Trump for this when Biden, who wasn't even the president, had all these classified documents in his possession. What's the difference here? If you're asking me, I, I, the difference is the last name. Yeah, I'm serious. I, I don't know. I don't know how they could. What, what is the liberal media saying, though, that, that's defending Biden and being in possession of these documents, though? That's what I'm asking. Like, how, how can they defend him having all these classified documents, but yet Trump has them and then he's he's being arraigned in federal court? It just doesn't make sense. I don't know. If someone knows this knows the answer to this question, please reach out to us. Thinking logically podcast at gmail.com. This is from uh Chantel Ch- Chanel Riot on Twitter from uh Oh yeah, One America. Uh so apparently, so apparently these transcripts of Biden's telephone conversations with Poroshenko is where the truth will show itself, Poroshenko says. Americans must demand it. And if they do, they will see, broad as day, Joe Biden was illegally influenced foreign officials in order to protect his son, Hunter, and shield illegal money laundering activities. Wow. <laughs> so. You know, the sad thing is, and I think you're going to get to this, nothing will happen. Nothing will come out of this. No one will pay the price. No one will, you know, face the hands of justice in this country. Um, I mean, what could happen, Joe? You know, is this is this DOJ going to go after Hunter Biden or Joe Biden? Absolutely not. You know, um, the best case scenario would be a Republican to win in in twenty twenty four next year. And then all gloves would be off at that point. Yes. And then they would go hard after, you know, the Biden family. But otherwise, nothing will happen because they could just pardon each other, you know, and just keep playing this game. Yes. Um, I got to quiet these dogs. Can you play that Holly video? Josh Holly? Yes. Yeah. It's the Josh Holly and the FBI. Again, I said it before, it feels like this dude is the youngest senator in Washington, even though he's like in his late 40s. I think that's just because everyone else is so old. But big Josh Hawley. This is a Josh Hawley podcast. Here we go. This is from uh, Slamming the FBI. Has anyone been held accountable for your institution deliberately lying to a FISA court to get a wiretap on an ongoing presidential campaign? Okay, here we go. Josh was fired for the lies to the FISA court for the Carter Page warrant. Who, who, who was fired for that? Anybody? Has anybody been held accountable for your institution deliberately lying to a FISA court to get a wiretap on an ongoing presidential campaign? There is an ongoing disciplinary process with respect to individuals involved in that. Here's the deal. 
you're back in front of us asking for the reauthorization of extraordinary authorities. Multiple courts have uncovered extraordinary abuses perpetrated by your agency. You are at the same time concealing information about serious allegations made against the president of the United States, even as your institution also targets his chief political opponent in an unprecedented way. Why would we ever give you the blank check that you want to continue surveilling American citizens in an improper manner? Why would we ever do that? Senator, we're here to talk about reforms today. I did get confirmation that the query... Is no, we're not. We're here to talk about the reauthorization of Section 702. Why would we reauthorize it, given your track record of abuse and illegal and proper surveillance and political targeting? Why would we do that? Why would it be appropriate for this body to do that? All right, there you go. Huh. Josh Hawley bringing the heat. Big Josh Hawley fan. Josh Hawley podcast. Um, but that was an interesting clip. A couple other points to make about Biden in this whole situation. My opinion, Biden, Biden like we said, is going to go out just like Andrew Cuomo, very quietly and without facing consequences for anything serious, at least. Remember Andrew Cuomo, Mark? Stuffed, he stuffed the elderly in nursing homes. The elderly, the most vulnerable group in nursing homes, the worst place for the sick. And probably the worst place for the healthy, too. Um, I, I hate to harp on it, but someone sent hospital ships that remained empty the entire time. Why? What was Andrew Cuomo trying to accomplish but not using those and forcing the sick in the nursing home? I, I don't understand. We'll never find out. He got accused of something less. I believe it was sexual assault. And then he was out of the spotlight. No one cared anymore. No one remembered. The same thing is going to happen to President Joe Biden, I think. Yeah. I think that's what, I think that's the thing that kind of people are just fed up with or just exhausted from, in a way, uh, maybe lack of a better word there, is the fact that nothing ever happens. Nothing ever comes out of any of these situations because they are in such a protected class, a bubble, where... I mean, you, you see what happens. I mean, the evidence is right there. But yet, you know, nothing's going to come out of this. You watch. No one's going to go to jail. No one's going to get perp walked in handcuffs. I, I, you know, we're a better scenario, as I said before, we went in 2024 and, you know, um, they can, they go after them then, and maybe something would happen. Maybe something would come out of that. And Joe Biden's going to be 80, 80, what, 82 at that point. So the, the spring chicken. Yeah. Who knows? But I think a lot of people just get are just kind of disenchanted with the whole thing because of stuff like that. I agree. Moving on. I- uh, what do you got on Cuba? Oh, this was this was a big, big topic. For more reasons than one. So this is last Friday or Thursday. I can't remember. Cuba to host Chinese spy base to eavesdrop on the United States, according to the Wall Street Journal. And that was from this close on Twitter. But it was weird because John Kirby was asked specifically about this. 
last week, and he denied denied anything about it. Um, he said actually he said it was inaccurate. I believe. Yes, he said it was inaccurate. Now, in question yesterday, this is how he responded. Can you just explain why you didn't confirm all of this when it was first reported last week? You said it was inaccurate, but what was inaccurate seemed to basically be the tense that they, you know, weren't going to establish but had already established this facility. Why wait till Saturday to, to, to put this out there? I'm actually really glad you asked that question. Um, uh, I can tell you that that uh, we were as forthcoming as we should have been uh, at the time of the first stories appeared um there is uh the, the sensitive nature of this information is such that we just simply couldn't go into more detail even before the first story appeared uh to try to better inform that reporting that's how sensitive this stuff is we just couldn't be more detailed um and then after the first stories appeared. Um, we worked very, very hard as anxiously as we could. Okay, I'm reclaiming my time. Why didn't he just say, instead of saying they were accurate, why didn't he just say they can either confirm or deny, like they always do? Yeah. Uh, these press briefings are starting to break down where you're not getting any information at all, and the little you do get is just straight lies. So, reminder, listeners, John Kirby is the spokesperson for the Pentagon. I think it's Pentagon spokesperson. He, he's had like five titles in the last couple of administrations, not in Trump's, I don't think, but he was with Obama, I believe. And I can't remember if he was before that, but I think he is the Pentagon. Yes. Right. But he has to come out to help Kareem Jean-Pierre because she just can't do it by herself. <laughs> you know how many times Joe Biden's been in the White House press briefing room, Joe, since he's taken office? Twice, I'd say, or maybe once. Or has, well, not at all. Zero. I don't remember ever think- seeing him in the in the briefing room. No, you're right. Not in the briefing room, I don't think. But he has t- he has fielded questions. How can a president not be in the briefing room taking questions? I mean, we saw Obama and Trump do it religiously. And the media they still need- won't turn on him. They need to tell him when to sit down and who to call on. You're never going to see that. I know. And yet they continue, continue to handle him with white gloves. Yeah. Which is just odd to me. Okay, uh, let's move on to this just dumpster fire that happened on I-95 outside of Philadelphia, right? What in the hell happened, Joe? I actually don't know. I saw the surveillance video. So supposedly there was a vehicle fire under I-95 in Philly and it caused part of the highway to collapse. Um, I watched the surveillance video. I don't know if I sent it to you, but the guy in the truck just starts flying. I think you, it's what, it comes to like a, a, a bend where it's like you've got to slow down to, to 25 mile an hour, but he's going fast and he just it looks like he just goes right into the side of the concrete. It looks like he kind of tried. I don't know if the brakes went out or, or what it was, but something seemed a little off getting. It's still too early to, to tell anything like that. The manhole cover being blown off, reported by witnesses, was a little strange. But 
some of the footage, if you can, go on Twitter and look it up. I mean, it is like an orangey, reddish smoke. I don't know what was in the back of the of the tanker, but when it collapsed, man, it went down. And that's going to cause a big, big problem, I, I guess, all up and down the East Coast. Because I-95, does it run into Miami? I think it does. I-95 runs all the way up and down the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I-95 Philadelphia. Reports of manhole explosion as fire reignited beneath the rubble of the collapsed northbound lanes of I-95 at Cotman Avenue in Philadelphia. This Someone quoted, I saw a manhole cover flipping through the sky like a coin. And this must have been after. So it sounds like it might have been like a secondary explosion. We can't confirm. We can't confirm that, though. Uh, what else do we have here? Yeah, this I is, mean, this uh, is literally... The, the, the... They, they will not be able to travel on I-95 for the foreseeable future. I mean, is that, is that what we're talking about here? You'd have to ask our, our awesome governor, Josh Shapiro. I'm sure he's on the case right now. He's probably actually in one of the, the tractor trailers or bulldozers or whatever, cleaning up the rubble, I'm sure. This will take, take a year. Yeah, A tanker truck carrying 8,500 gallons of gasoline crashed and burst into flames below the overpass. So, dear Lord. If you watch the video, it's almost like he never hits the brakes or the brakes were caught something. And I linked an article, which if you want to go down to conspiracy land for a minute, we, you're more than welcome to join me. This is from Wired. And I think this is from like five or 10, 10 years ago, maybe 2015. Headline. Hackers remotely kill a Jeep on the highway with me in it. I was driving 70 mile an hour on the edge of downtown St. Louis when the exploit began to take hold. And I guess someone remotely took control of this guy's Jeep. He didn't touch the dashboard, the vents, whatever, started blasting cold air, even though he didn't touch them. So I think it's possible with certain cars, I don't know about a tractor trailer, to hack into these, depending on what year they were made and the make and model. And I guess to do whatever you want with them. I don't know. Can you see this article? I don't have any more free. Um... No, but you know what? I will. I, I will say uh, two things. Number one, 160,000 vehicles travel on I-95 through Philadelphia every day. Okay. What you basically have here is an entire section of I-95 that has collapsed that they're going to have to figure out a detour and detour cars around, around this. What I'm thinking is probably, I don't know if they can do this, but I don't know, create some sort of pavement, you know, around it like they do in construction zones maybe. I don't know. Uh-huh. Or maybe transfer vehicles into the southbound lane and then they cross back over into the northbound lane. Who knows how long it'll take to fix this. I would say a couple months. Should be um, number one. What's that? It should be priority number one. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it will be. And number two, taking control of someone's car, that was in a show I watched on Apple TV called Tehran, uh, season two. Long story short, uh, a Mossad agent, like the CIA of Israel, planted a device on the... uh, the Iran Revolutionary Guard, his leader, the leader's son. 
They wanted to take out the Iran, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard leader. This is in the show. They take this device, put it on the car, and now they're able to actually take control of the car. And as he was like, ra- like street racing his dad in this car, they were able to take control of it and basically freeze up the brakes and take the steering wheel and send him over a cliff. Now, we've talked about before in here, Joe, how intelligence agencies are able to help in writing some of these spy thriller shows, right? Yes. Um, did that happen in this situation? Probably not, but it's out there. It could happen. I got to think back because we, I, now that you mentioned that show, I remember we did this when Jackie Walorski was killed in that, the, the congresswoman from, I forget what state, maybe Indiana. 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 Yes. I forgot. We talked about this same exact show and how they could take control of a car because that was another weird accident where she died. Correct. So. Correct. Interesting. Um, just a heads up. We're probably not going to have time for Dick this close, but we got about what three more topics here and then a closing. Yeah. Let's go on to the Unabomber and then uh, we'll just kind of zoom through these last three Unabomber, Tucker Carlson and Jamie Foxx. Okay, so the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, was reportedly committed suicide inside his jail cell. So he got Epstein, maybe, I don't know, what made him sad all of a sudden to kill himself in his jail cell. Um, I'm not a Ted Kaczynski fan. I just want to know if there's any foul play here. So, kill himself, that's something new, apparently, in prison. All right, uh, and then we got Tucker Carlson, episode two of Tucker Carlson's new show. Uh, dropped on Twitter the other day. Uh, last time I looked, we can get a, li- a live look here on how many, I don't know if it's views or impressions or or what, uh, but if we're looking here on Tucker Carlson's Twitter, episode two, 56 million views, 522,000 likes. Episode one eclipsed 116 million views. And... Um, it looks like there's going to be a new episode of Tucker Carlson's Twitter show dropping today at some point on Twitter. He's responding to the indictment of President Trump. And at the same time, while all this is going on, Fox News sent Tucker Carlson a cease and desist letter. Joe. I told you, they got to try to keep him shut, his mouth shut. He was never fired. They're just trying to sit on him, I guess. I, I don't know, until 2025. Um, if I was Tucker, I'd keep on just reporting news. What, what are they going to do? They can't kill you. Well, maybe they can. I don't know. I don't want to say that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Tucker Carlson off to a smashing start on, on Twitter. And then finally, Jamie Foxx. Okay, so this is like a two-minute video. I'm going to play the entirety of it for you guys before we get out of here. This is Dr. Peter McCullough. This is actually from Aaron Elizabeth Health Nut News on Twitter. Dr. Peter McCullough confirms Jamie Foxx suffered a stroke following the COVID vaccine, says he had prior about it, and now urges him to come out and warn the public. And I want you to listen, our listeners, pay attention to the other name Dr. Peter McCullough mentions in this two-minute clip. Jamie Foxx, there's a picture of you and him. Okay, can you add some details? Because you said in the picture, you said, hoping you held strong the whole time. 
and you know what I'm talking about. What the hell was you talking about, Doc? No, we had a personal conversation. I really want Jamie to come out and, you know, I want him to tell America what happened. And and I'm giving him an opportunity to tell the truth. Uh, it looked like Damar Hamlin did not tell the country the truth. Jamie's got an opportunity now. You know, I'm told he's been in a, in a hospital with a month with a complicated stroke. I'll tell you what, when I have a patient in the hospital with a stroke, they're in and out in a couple of days. If someone's in for a month, it's a serious situation. Or they go to rehab, a young man. And let me tell you, Jamie Foxx, he's younger than I am. He's fit and strong. Um, so I want him to come out. If he wants me to come on TV with him and help go through this, I will. But that's up to him. Sooner or later, these public figures, Jim, are going to have to tell the public the truth. We've had so many people, you know, Justin Bieber and his wife and Marvin Hagler and the CNN legal correspondent. Yes. You can go on and on and on and on. And until they come out and tell the truth, more people will be hurt. It's up to them. You know, I've been very clear and truthful with America. People know that. I've, I've testified in the Senate, multiple state Senates. I've been as very clear. But it's time for the public figures to come out and. T okay. All right. So that's Jamie Foxx. Also, and then just to add on there, found, this is from the Epoch Times, green monkey DNA found in COVID-19 shots. Great. So that's from mycobiologist Kevin McCarna. So Great. All right. Well, let's wrap up, Joe. Uh, we used to tease uh, our next episode, or, or one coming up next week, I should say. We'll be recording with Roman Kozak, who is the... He's been on before, recurring guest, Roman Kozak. Uh, he is now the chair of the Beaver County Republican uh, Party, Republican Committee. So we will have him on uh, coming up soon. And um, we'll be taking a, a short hiatus. I'll be doing some traveling. Uh, so don't expect any new episodes the end of June. Um, but... We could just wrap it up here, Joe. I know you have something you wanna you wanna finish with. So um thank you for listening. Thank you to all of our listeners out there, especially those new ones out in Canada. Please continue to share this out and make America great again. Joe. Okay. This is I guess it's throwback Tuesday. This is a little throwback from what I believe is early 2021 or late 2020. It's the San Francisco gay choir telling everyone exactly. What they were going to do, apparently, three years later. Our first children get why you'd be so scared of us turning your children into accepting, caring people. Have a great day. It's been Joe. Just thank you much. Enjoy this. Just like you worried, they'll change their group of friends. You'll approve of where they go at night to protest. Oh, when you'll be disgusted when they start finding things online that Thank you.